Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 47 of the Canberra Football Show. Round one review. Joining us today again is Russ. Russ, yes, how are you? Busy weekend for you. Yeah, it's been busy. Got three games in the weekend. You were speaking to Jeremy on the WMPL podcast. Did a game with him Friday and a game with him Sunday and uh, did the game on Saturday at short notice, which was uh, great with yourself. We were supposed to go to O'Connell. We'll come to that in a bit. And ended up going to McKellar, didn't we? Which was fun. As it was, but yeah, great to be back. Great to see football back around Canberra as well, and lots of people talking about it, watching it, and playing their games, much as Michael did himself. That's yeah. right, Michael. That's do you right. want to uh, elaborate on that if you want? I don't know. You got your Majura jersey on there. Thank goodness we don't do NPL one. Uh, thank goodness we don't do state league one. Otherwise, you'd be showing your bias right now. But that's all right. No, yeah, that's right, mate. But uh, no, we we got off to a to a winning start as well. So nice three two victory out in uh in Lynham. The it was it was actually pretty wet and it was raining a little bit, so everyone was just slipping over. Yeah, the, the match was pretty much just, you know, no one could really string three to four passes together without anyone sort of tumbling over afterwards. And it was one of those pitches where you'd run around for two minutes, and the grass and dirt would just clog up, you know, under your studs, and you'd have to sort of clean them out. So, look, it was it was a bit nightmarish from from that standpoint, but it was like I was telling the boys afterwards uh, i just said i don't care how we got it we got the win and <laughs> hopefully we'll be playing in better conditions sort of next week before we get into the show we'd like to thank our sponsor we here at eminem podcasts are very proud to talk to you about our very first sponsor called line market a new local business emerging in the sport and technology arena that's right, Michael. Lime Market is a new business operating the ACT and surrounding regions, and their product delivers accurate line markings for all sports and special functions using the latest technology. That's right, Matt. And this includes all sports that we either take part in or have watched on TV at some point. And this ranges from football, rugby league, rugby union, hockey, Aussie rules, gridiron, baseball, softball, athletic tracks of any size and associated disciplines and more. Yeah, look, that sounds like it covers a lot of ground, Michael. And playing right now are the images and videos of this machine at work. And by God, it's a beauty. If you're interested in these services or know someone that would be, do not hesitate to contact the business owner of this fantastic new initiative, Ken Yalg, through his email, linemarket at tpg.com.au or his work mobile, 0493 241 646. Contact details and social media pages will be available to access at our Facebook page, Eminem Podcast. But if you are watching this on Facebook, it will be attached to the post. That's absolutely right, Matt. And you know better than anyone else here at Eminem Podcasts, we believe this business is fantastic for local Canberra sport and surrounding regions, whilst it couples its work with the finest new technologies. All right. Uh, getting straight into the show. Let's start with uh, the Australian Cup uh, qualifying draw. Russ uh, did that with um, uh, Ange over there at the Capital Football offices. We have Belcon United versus Canberra Olympic, ANU versus Monaro Panthers, Tuggeron United versus West Canberra Wanderers, and O'Connor Knights versus Queanbeyan City. That's a quarterfinal draw. Uh, any of those um, stick out to Russ? There's two CPL sides in there, which is uh, good to see. Three CPL sides, actually. Which yeah. Is good to see. Yeah, they're all good draws. Um, you look at the four the four games that we've got there and anybody could win them. And the semi-final draw that followed as well paired um, the winner of Belco Olympic VA and New Monero and then the winner of Tuggeron West Canberra against O'Connor versus 
uh, Queen Bean City. So it's a really open competition for anybody in there. Um, I can confirm that ANU Monero will be played on the 27th of April um, at the AAS Grassfields at seven o'clock and O'Connor versus Queen Bean will be on the 4th of May, I think, at the same venue mm. at the same time, seven o'clock as well. So those two are locked in, a couple more to, to sort themselves out. But look, you look at that and you've seen the performances that we saw in round three, we've lost the top three sides from last year in that competition. It's anybody's game. And I think the way the draws panned out there, any one of those eight sides will be looking at it and thinking this could be our year. Yeah, and only two, if I'm not mistaken, only two of these teams have been in the FFA Cup slash Australia Cup before. So there's a decent opportunity we could be seeing a new side from Canberra in that competition. Do you have any thoughts on these uh, fixtures, Michael? I think they're all actually relatively good fixtures. It's a good sort of balance as well you know you mentioned the three cpl sides that are in the mix there so yeah i I think they're they're going to be some really good games and we'll get to really sort of see how the cpl sides come up against you know the mpl sides so definitely some games to 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 sort of cast your eye over and i i definitely think i think the one that sort of sticks out is the O'Connor Knights against Queanbeyan City match. I think that'll be a that'll be a cracker. So obviously, O'Connor Knights, a previous CPL side, uh, up against you know current CPL side Queanbeyan City. There is a bit of obviously a bit of a rivalry there. So all around some great fixtures. Yeah, imagine if we got a CPL side into the round of thirty-two. That would be something, wouldn't it? It'd be a, a very <laughs> special moment for anyone. I mean, look, we've been there. We've talked about it before in the competition, and as, as Matt mentioned, only Olympic and Tuckerong have been there out of this group that's left. So it's a it's a really special um, part, tournament to be part of. And I think anyone that gets there will have the full backing of the rest of Canberra to try and do us proud. And if I'm not mistaken, those two are also the only sides that have made it past the round of 34 as well from Canberra. Yeah, they are. Yeah, the only two um, that have got there. Olympic obviously got the furthest and got to the semi-finals. Tuggy's got to the round of 16. Um, yeah, it should be it should be exciting times. And uh, that Southside Derby stands out, doesn't it, as well? Tuggeron, West Canberra, Wanderers. Always a good fixture anyway, and especially so now that Tuggeron got a point to prove. Indeed. Let's get straight into the NPL. We had two post-play matches. Um, we'll just discuss some of the, the reasoning for it. West Canberra Wanderers against O'Connor Knights was postponed due to a COVID-related issue. COVID cases for West Canberra Wanderers. I had about four or five, I was told. And uh, Russ, the question I had to you was, because um, people sort of want to know what is the COVID protocol. Obviously, the club know, but a lot of the you know the spectators don't. So, is it about four COVID cases, and you're allowed to ask for a? Yeah, that's how yeah. the way I read it at the moment is is that you've got four positive COVID cases, which are supported by medical um, documentation, okay. that you can ask for a postponement. Um, we will confirm that and get everything in writing and put it up on the resource pack on the front of the Capital Football website, so everybody can have a look at that and, and get it, get it clarification. But it's the same for every club. I mean, if you do have it, you can have that uh, request for postponement. You don't need to. I yeah. mean, if you've got four or five cases and you want to carry on, if you've got a big enough squad to do so, you can. Um, but that's in there for a place. And as you said, unfortunately, the way, way the world is at the moment, this is something we're going to have to live with and will probably happen again at some stage this season. Uh, just unfortunate for us, it happened in round one and really unfortunate for the O'Connor Knights because I know they were champion at the bit to get out there and, and play in the Premier League and show us what they've got. And well, we have to wait till this weekend now, but at least they get a home game to kick it all off. Yeah, no, certainly that is the uh, case. And next up, we have Olympic and Croatia, a camera crash, which was postponed due to uh, a mistake of the 
goal uh, sizes, size requirements uh, being too small? What, uh, what can you say about this? I know I was in the Canberra Times. Yeah, but, um, it was, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a regrettable uh, mistake, isn't it? I mean, the first group handed over in all good faith. They've been there for a while at Hawker. And, um, you, you know, whether they were checked or not, I have no idea. The, the field was, the field was um, put out as playable on the weekend and the referees got there mm. and noticed straight away and it was noticeable. And to be honest, uh, you can't play with with small-sided goals. And as um, Capital Football said in the statement on uh, the Canberra Times, we've taken responsibility as an organisation and worn it on the chin. We're not going to throw our clubs under the bus and this kind of thing. It's a, it's a, it's a misunderstanding. It's been blown out of all proportion, I think, again, um, sometimes by our, our local media coverage doesn't help, does it? But um, look, it's, it's what it's done is it means we've got another game that we'll have to rearrange. Neither side really wanted it to be postponed, I don't think, because it's round one. They want to get out there. I can't see any of the players not wanting to play, but... Again, regrettable, but um, we'll move on past it and, and hopefully uh, it's the last time something like that happens. We all learn from errors and mistakes and uh, make sure they don't happen again. Well, yeah, first of all, thanks for commenting on those for us from a capital football perspective. But I guess that sort of uh, brings up, again, this is something we've talked about before. Let's just say something like that happens with Croatia and Olympic. It's, we don't have a lot of grounds we can go to and last minute notice, can we? AIS is usually always booked up on the weekends and then... Um, everything else is usually done. And we saw a similar issue with uh, booking conflicts at uh, GEO. I mean, I mean, can you just sort of explain, like, as a yeah. as from an organisation perspective, like what 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 sort of goes into this? You know, I mean, because there isn't a lot of options, unfortunately. That's mostly a, a ACT government issue. But yeah, yeah. Look, there isn't much a lot of options. Um, clubs don't have their own grounds. Unfortunately, some of these clubs don't. Um, there was a possibility to move it onto pitch number two. There, I think, uh, O'Connor and Close. Unfortunately with the way our broadcast deal works yeah. as well. We need to be able to stream these games um, at the first grade men's and women's competition because um, of the part of the broadcast deal that, that works with the performance stats. So we need to be able to show the games and now obviously that's too far away as well. So that was something they had to take into consideration. They've got to have enclosed ovals for these matches. So you can't just take it down to your local park or yeah. next door. There's got to be certain logistic things that you have to take off. So unfortunately it's that simple. Um, to just take it to another venue uh, at that level. Um, but yeah, it's a regrettable incident and it doesn't make us look good um, for the sport, but uh, we all know everyone that's involved in football in Canberra that we're bigger than that and we'll wear it on the chin and we'll move on and, and get on with our lives and um, look forward to the rearrangement, which will be under lights in midweek and some more football to watch on TV. That is good to hear in that regard. Um, let's get straight into our first matchup. It was one we called. Uh, over at McKellar Park, Minara mm -hmm. goal, Connor United nil, Nikos Kalfas, Jay Selden, and Andre Carl with the goals for Monaro. Like I said, commentated this one with Russ. I said a few times on commentary, I thought it was a pretty open first 15, 20 minutes before Monaro scored that opener. Uh, Belka had a great chance early on through Max Green. Probably, uh, you know, the ground was a little wet, so that might have bounced, probably not the way he would have liked. And then he sort of had an open side to on the left side of the goal, except he hit the crossbar, uh, sorry, not the crossbar, the post instead. So I'm sure they would have been uh, a little annoyed by that one. But after Monaro scored, Belko had the chance. It's safe to say Monaro did control their fair share of possession. And then when Belko did, Monaro counted with very, very, with a lot of uh, sort of efficiency. One thing I will say, I thought Belko did really well, though, was I know Andre Carl got on the scoreboard, but after the first 15 or 20 minutes, they sort of stopped him going through the middle. And then that's then they ended up coming through the sides mm -hmm. with Jay Selden uh, and Calfas, which and both ended up on the score uh, sheet. Uh, so they did pretty well to... So they obviously did their homework on Andre Carl and how well he's done in the past couple of games. So they tried to negate that middle. Unfortunately for them, that left the wings open. And that's 
uh, where these other things came from. In terms of Belco, though, that we all know that we saw their performance against Gungarland. Uh, I'm sure they're going to bounce back from this. Spinner, I thought once again, he didn't score coming off the bench, but I thought he made just as much of an impact. He's he knows how to he knows how to turn his play well. He's got good skill. Uh, he's still got a pretty decent pace as well. He's he 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 looks to be a pretty effective player for them off the bench. I must say so, but I think what is probably most to consider here is that Minara are the most informed. I know it's just the start of the season, but they are the most informed team. It is safe to say in the competition. Uh, what were your thoughts on the matchup, Russ? Yeah, it was a good match, I think, to watch. First game of the season, I think there was a lot of positives for both sides. And the game, as you mentioned, was quite open. If Max Green does score that chance, it might be, may have been a different outcome. I don't think either side played to their full potential. There's plenty more to come from both teams, um, particularly, I think, Monero Panthers. They've, they've got the points away from home. I don't think Frank Asia was particularly pleased with the way they went about it. Very um, impressive performances from Jay Seldon um, on the left flank and Nikos Kalfas, as you said, on the right. Uh, threats from all over the park for them as well. Solid at the back. Look, they got the two goals, scored a really nice times, didn't they? Jade Seldon's goal straight after half time gave them that two goal cushion. And, and for a spell there after that, Belconnell were right in the contest. I think Marcos Zukowski would have been happy with that. Um, but the penalty um, decision straight after that, with about 90 minutes ago, rather killed the game as a contest to make it 3 0. Um, look, Andre Carr now six goals in three competitive games, and I think the Panthers have got 13 goals themselves in those three competitive matches, Charity Shield Cup and League. They, they look very strong, and, and you know as well as I do, and Michael does as well, that teams that go away to McKellar, it's not an easy place to go. And if you can go there, win 3 0, and perhaps more importantly, from the Panthers' point of view, keep a clean sheet as well, um, then that's a perfect start to the season for them. And uh, plenty to live up to next week again, but great start for Frank Keisha. Marcus Zukowski's side, I think he would have been um, pleased with certain aspects. Uh, they, they played very well up until the final third of the pitch. And then perhaps decisions were rushed or the wrong choice was made and or the delivery wasn't good enough. And that's just where they've got to improve on. They'll improve in that final third with that young group of players. Um, Luke Vallone wasn't there on the weekend. Not sure where he was, but uh, he wasn't um, in the squad, so he'll come in. Uh, but there's places to look look to from uh, from both sides, and as we said, one loss doesn't define the season at the start, much as one win doesn't either. But um, plenty to work on for both teams, and obviously Monero happier. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this, one, Michael? Before we move on, yeah, I, I think you know it was good that you raised that maybe both sides hadn't reached their potential, and maybe just speaking to more of the Monero side of things because. I had seen your your conversation with sort of Jay Seldon and Frank Kasher after the match, Russ, and I, I thought it was very sort of interesting that, you know, they, they've obviously had another revamp in the, in the squad like they did the previous year, Monero, and they obviously, I think they had sort of nine changes to the starting 11 and... Uh, so yeah, they had nine new faces in that starting lineup uh, compared to this season last. And obviously last season, they struggled to really get going. I think they were, they'd lost their first four games uh, last season, but that script has flipped. Obviously this time around, obviously they, they got the win at McKellar, which is something that's very hard to do because we know that how, big of a ground McKellar is in Canberra and it can be a hard place to go to and win, but it does seem that this Monero team has turned a bit of a page and that showed in the preseason 
you know, when they when they won the charity shield and now they've gone on and beat Bill Conan, but it seems as though that they've just managed to, you know, put things together a lot better this time around, even with all the new players that they've got as opposed to last season. So there's a lot of potential there for them to unlock. And I'm sort of excited to see where they go. And with Bell Conan, they'll bounce back. They're, they've got a relatively young team. They've got a new coach in Michael Zakowski, but, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll come back stronger as, as well. Indeed. And who do we have next up? Yeah. So next up we have Tigers FC up against Gungahlin United who played it, played out a two, two draw. Uh, so for Tigers, we had Nick Popovich and Josh Kolevsky on the score sheet. And for Gungalan, we had Felipe Bernabo Madrid, who so often gets on the score sheet, as we all know. And Leon Mitchell, uh, Mikkel, sorry, uh, who also got on the score sheet for Gungalan United. So I think the thing that stands out is that Tigers were able to come back, you know, from 2-0 down at, at halftime to come back and grab the draw in the second half. And I think that'll give them a lot, a lot of confidence, especially after their heavy defeat in the charity shield and, you know, that there were possibly some questions raised about, you know, the team and the damaging defeat and sort of how easily they were outclassed in that game against Monaro. And I think Matt, you had mentioned it before the start of the season that you can never really count Tigers out and they'll always find a way to sort of bounce back when they experience, you know, a, a defeat, especially a heavy defeat in this case. So I think they showed there in the second half that, they did really well to fight back uh, from 2-0 down. Uh, you know, it, it looked... Obviously, things didn't look great when they were 2-0 down in the first half, and you thought that, that maybe they were going to go down a similar road to the Monaro game, but they got in at the sheds, and obviously, Ryan Grogan had, you know, he obviously had vented out some frustrations and said that they needed to turn things around, and that's exactly what they did. You know, they, uh, they got two goals there in the, in the second half, uh, especially Josh Kulevsky, a well-taken equaliser there inside the last sort of 10 minutes, which was absolutely vital. So, you know, they, they definitely came out with something to prove in that second 45 minutes. And it's something that, you know, like I just said, we, we, we're used to seeing it with Tigers, you know, their backs up against the wall and, you know, they've come away with a point when at halftime that didn't really look like a possibility. So I think on the flip side of this though, it'll be a little bit disappointing for Gung Island United. You know, they, they had the lead, they looked in control. They had, you know, had those two well-taken goals, but, you know, you, you can never take Tigers out. And it, from a Gungahlin perspective, uh, you know, they couldn't have thought at halftime that that was a, do a done deal just because we know what Tigers can do and how they can get themselves back into matches with the quality that they have obviously all over the pitch. So we'll see how they sort of progress forward now. Um, I think for Tigers, they'll use that second half performance as a bit of a springboard going into next week. Whereas Gungahlin United will look to sort of, you know, make sure that obviously once they sort of have a lead like that, that they hold on to it. And we know that sometimes leads can be so hard to hold on to, especially against a team that's looking to prove something like Tigers were. But um, Russ, what would what were your thoughts on this on this match? Um, Obviously, both teams came away with a, with a point. Yeah, it seems ridiculous to say in round one, but that's a massive point for the Tigers. Um, considering after 21 minutes, it feels like their world's falling apart. Thumped in the charity shield, um, hammered in the Australia Cup, um, knocked out of that, which is a competition, obviously, they've won back-to-back. -back. 
um, conceding 11 goals in those two games as well. And you're 2-0 down um, in a home tie, even though it's at the AIS against a side that's running rampant. All of a sudden, you're looking at it going, what is going on with our football club? Um, mm -hmm. But they showed that grit and determination character that champion sides are made of and, and that you need every champion side in the world, no matter what league you're in, no matter what level you're playing at, goes through um, runs of form where they don't perform very well. Uh, you'll lose a couple of games. You might not perform to the best level of ability. Players will be off form um, all at the same time. And it's inexplicable and you don't really know why. But to come back from that and get a point is is massive for them. They need to build on that now. No doubt they will. They are running with a rather thinner squad this year than they have been in previous years, I think. And um, that might come back to haunt them later. But they've got real quality in that team. And we saw that in the second half, particularly with the goals from Popovich and Golevsky. For, uh, for Gungahl and United, it's a, it's a, I guess you'd say it's a point one, but they would have think it as two points dropped because they would have thought they could have held on to that. They lost Felipe Bernardo Madrid shortly after going 2-0 um, up as well, I understand. He's pulled a hamstring, um, so that's going to keep mm -hmm. him out of action for a bit of time as well. And that's a lot big loss to them because he's uh, the main man that leads their line for them. He scores their goals, he causes problems wherever he goes. Uh, set pieces as well, he usually takes for them, so... Mm -hmm. um, that's a big, big, big loss to them, considering that they're without Nick Rathjen at the moment as well, with the futsal ruse over in um, Bangkok uh, playing for mm -hmm. them. Congratulations to Nick on his selection. Uh, yep. They've got Jack Green back, though, which is a bonus. And yeah, he's not quite up to full match fitness, but he'll get there again. But that's the three of their main players there, and they've now lost another one with Felipe. So work to do again for Marcel Munoz, but I think considering the way they played the week before against Tuggerong when they were absolutely slaughtered in the pre-season friendly, missing only, I think it was Jeremy Habtaman, Green and Rathjen. Um, to come back and put in performance like that, I think is very encouraging. All right, let's get into those round two fixtures, shall cool. we? West Canberra Wanderers, Belconnen United, Saturday, April 9th, 2.15 at Melrose Synthetic. This is going to be an interesting one. I mean, both um, two, two relatively young sides. Obviously, West Canberra Wanderers probably one of the younger sides in the comp. And all... Uh, it's a bit difficult. I, I, obviously, West Canberra did beat um, Canberra Croatia. Massive victory for them in the Asian Cup. Knocked them out. Belco, we've seen a bit more of because we've seen them play in the league. Um, it's, it, it's safe to say, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Belco just slightly in this one, only because I think after last week, especially, I think they'll sort of have a, have a, sort of have a point to prove and uh, show that that, just, that was just a one-off for them. Uh, but besides that, I see this being a very, very close affair, maybe even a few goals in it as well. Uh, well what about you, Michael? Uh, I'm going to go for a draw, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I know that you mentioned that Bill Connor will be looking to bounce back following that Monero match, but something just tells me that this one's going to be a draw, so I'm going to stick to it. How do you, uh, what do you think about this uh, matchup, Russ, um, overall? It should be a pretty close affair this one. Yeah, it should be. I mean, I think there's two two sides of the relatively young players throughout their squad, sprinkling of experience throughout the, both teams as well. West Canberra Wanderers at home on their synthetic surface is always difficult to play against as well. And they're coming off the back of that 3-2 win over Canberra Croatia. And they'll be high on confidence. I think they'll be disappointed their round one game was postponed because of the confidence they take into that. Uh, yeah, two very evenly matched teams. And you mentioned... Uh, Sebastian Espina earlier on, um, Juan Sebastian Espina, Colorado, I think. <laughs> I think he did. He wants to be called Sebastian Espina, so I'll go with that. Um, yeah, with him going back against his former club, you know what it's like. Uh, you go and play your former club, you usually return to haunt them. So um, I expect him to get on the score sheet. 
Next up, we have the O'Connor Knights versus Canberra Olympic. The uh, should we call this uh, the battle for O'Connor? If 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 uh, <laughs> I'll come up with a name, <laughs> Canberra Classico for the, 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 the battle. <laughs> The Battle of O'Connor, the uh, the team that loses, uh, I can't call themselves the O'Connor team, maybe, even though they're both play there. Um, Saturday, April 9th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed, of course. I think this one's going to be a pretty um, close affair. I know both teams didn't end up playing their first match, and we mentioned our O'Connor especially would have been chomping at the bid. They can't wait to play their first MPL matchup for the first time in 13 years. And, of course, playing at their spiritual home as well, where they'll be playing consistently. And Olympia, we've talked about how they've recruited well. So have O'Connor. I, I see this as a draw. I think it has it all written over it. Maybe a few goals in it as well, but I, I see this as a draw. How about you, Michael? I'm going to go for an O'Connor Knights win. I'm going to say that they get their first victory back in the top flight for 13 years. I think it'll be tough, but... It's going to be cagey. It's going to be a great game, though. and I think they'll pull away with it. And what are some of the other talking points for you, Russ, from this one? Yeah, it's a tough one to call, isn't it? Because we've yep. seen Canberra Olympic um, in, pre- in pre-season. We haven't seen much of the Knights other than their win over Bell North, which we expected them to, to get a result from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good match. Fascinating to see how the O'Connor uh, defence copes with the pace of the Canberra Olympic attack. They've got some real rapid speedsters in that front three and that could be where the game is won or lost. And um, Paddy O'Rourke has been in great form for the Knights at the other end as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting encounter. What I'm hoping for is lots of people turning up um, in Knights nice. colours and, and, and they're bringing their special brand of support to, to the venue on the weekend. And should be very noisy, should be very atmospheric and it should be a very good game. And certainly should be. And talking about another very good game, Canberra Croatia against Tigers FC, Saturday, April 9th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. This was always uh, the match we marked down on our calendars last year. This year, they're sort of heading in with um, not the greatest form heading in. It is just the start of the season, but both teams being knocked out of the Australia Cup. Uh, Tigers did get that draw, um, like we just mentioned before, which is, which would be imperative for them. Uh, in terms of competitive matches, like we said, we haven't really seen uh, Croatia besides that besides that matchup in the Australia Cup. I'm just going to sit on the fence for this one. It's, I, I just, I, I don't see a, a lot between these sides and they both probably have something to prove after being knocked out of the, of the Cup and not starting their seasons yeah. off to the best of form. Yeah, I see this as a draw. How about you, Michael? Again, they, they, these, these fixtures are just, they're, they're, they're tough. I, I think I'm going to go for a Canberra Croatia win. Uh, I like them at home in this one. And although I do think Tigers, you know, that like you said, they'll take a lot of confidence out of that comeback draw that they got. But I'm going to go for Canberra, Croatia um, in front of their home fans at Deakin Stadium. I think that'll get them over the line. But uh, yeah, it's it's really tough. These are some really tough games to, to choose from. Like yeah. we're either going to get three or four out of four or, or we're going to end up with zero. So we'll just see how we go. Indeed. Uh, any talking points for this one? For yeah, plenty. <laughs> As Croatia and Tigers <laughs> one and two last year. I mean, I think there's still some underlying current from Croatia about how the season finished and they weren't given an opportunity to win the title. Um, they felt that they were playing well enough to, to catch the Tigers and maybe overhaul them at the top of the table. Players that play for both sides are, you know, are in, on each lineup. Uh, the latest being Jose Di Felipe, um, who played for the Tigers from South America, who's now lining up for Canberra, Croatia this season as well. So 
chances are his debut could be well against his former club, which would be quite ironic considering um, where he's come from as well. It's going to be a cracking game. I'm there um, at three o'clock with Frank Keisha, hopefully um, bringing you the commentary on that one at Deakin Stadium. Generally with these two sides, it's jam-packed full of incident and goals and and that's what I'm expecting again on the weekend. Lots of goals, lots of incidents, lots of talking points for us to dissect next Monday. And another, it doesn't get any easier. Next up, Gungarland against Monaro Panthers, Sunday, April 10th, 3 p.m. at the AIS. Um, look, this should be uh, another interesting match. The last time I remember these two play the AIS, um, this was, if I'm not mistaken, this was Monaro's first win last season, the Dominici. Uh, turned it on and scored those goals after Gungahlin, I believe, were leading that one. Uh, Would have been like three two Gungahlin. or something. Yeah, I think it was yeah three two to Monero or something like that. Look, Gungahlin aren't coming in with uh, their best of form. We know they have the quality to match it with Monaro. I just like Monaro's um, performance at the moment. I know they said they still have a long way to go, but from what I've seen recently over the charity yeah. field, the Australia Cup in the first round, obviously being there commentating it. I'm, I think they will uh, just take this one. But I don't, th- I, despite Gungahlin's form, I don't think it, it, it'll, it'll be close. I don't think it'll be any uh, blowout out of any 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 means. I think it's going to be a close yeah. one, but I'll, I'll go with Monaro. How about you, Michael? I'm going for Monaro as well. I think I had a little bit more difficulty choosing, you know, the winners for the last couple of fixtures. But I, I like where Monaro are at. I like how... You know, they were in, you know, great form in the charity shield against uh, against Tigers. They, they've obviously got a great win against Belconnen at McKellar. And I just expect that momentum to continue. They're in a great sort of mindset and space at the moment. And, you know, we, we know the quality that Gungahlin possesses. But I think overall, Monero Panthers probably just have a, a little bit too much for them at, at this moment in time, I believe. So I'm going to go for Monero. Uh, what do you think of the key talking points for you here in this one, Ross? I think this is, um, again, a really difficult match to call. I mean, we've got 21 round season this year, yeah. but the sides are so evenly matched across the board, um, all eight of them in this division, that points against each other are, are crucial. And it's a cliche to say so, of course. But if, if the Panthers can get up on the weekend, they're five points clear of Gundalan after two matches. Um, and that's not inconsiderable, even at this early stage of the season. And, and if it's a draw here as 100%, well. 100%, yeah. If the Croatian Tigers mm. can't, be, can't yep. be broken apart, you know. There's a gap they can build at the top. I mean, football's all about momentum. It's a word we've used hundreds of times before, and it's important to get that. Without Felipe Bernardo Madrid as well, that's going to be a reshuffle for Marcel and his pack, and it might be a chance for Riley Angelo Santi to come back into the lineup if he goes down that path, but we'll wait and see. Um, it's going to be a good match. Uh, hopefully, it might be one we're commentating on Sunday as well, if we can get the go ahead for that too so um yeah really looking forward to that as well it should be a really uh, decent game two sides who love to play football so one for the purists that it certainly will be russ thank you so much for joining us do you have any last words any other things like um, maybe uh, mpl tv or something like that, do you want yeah, to look, I mean, for that? people can uh, can join mpl tv i know it's been a bit tricky sometimes at the heart with the verification codes keep plugging away if you can um you just go onto the app store <laughs> and download it and yeah get yourself signed up and when you're on there it's very easy to navigate you can use the match center to, to follow goals and and stuff from around the grounds which is very useful so we thank everybody that's done that i'd like to thank everybody as well that's um supported the um capital football official uh, facebook page and the mpl page since i've taken over as comms manager there last uh, this monday just gone 
last week. Yeah. Last week. Um, thanks everyone. That's done that. And look, I, again, I'll put a shout out there to anybody that's got any stories in the football community that they feel we don't cover, particularly down the lower grades. We obviously have a lot of focus on our National Premier League men's and women's and the CPL. But if you're in the state league community and you you know of a, a good story like Michael, um, if you know of a good story or two, then feel free to email me at the capital address or drop me a an email. And um, if you have any issues as well, I'd like to say that I. We're, we're always there to listen now. I'm hoping that we can open up a broader communication with our stakeholders and with the football communities, I like to call them. Um, if you've got any issues and you can't get through to who you feel you need to, you can always drop me a line on Facebook or Messenger or on my mobile and I'll do my best to assist. So thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you for that, Russ. And uh, just to mention with the verification code, what I found, it was an issue for me doing it online. If, it, if you have an issue doing it on your phone, sign up on your computer, that should be fine. And then obviously you'll be fine using it on the phone afterwards. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I figured worked uh, for me after I didn't get the verification yeah. issue. I was going to say, yeah. if you have any issues with the MPLT TV app or website, again, let us know because we can feed that information back to the source and find out what the problems are because what we really want to do is provide a, a decent service to everybody out there. So don't, don't hide behind your frustrations please let us know what's going on and uh, we'll try and help you as best we can. Thank you so much for that, uh, Russ. Hello, everybody. Jeremy McGann is back with us, fresh off a Marseille victory for two in the Ligue 1. So he's very happy. He's got his jerseys out. Um, maybe that's a black Marseille jersey. I'm not sure, but uh, he's uh, very happy nonetheless. He's got the French jersey regardless. I thought, I thought we were all wearing the jerseys of our teams to celebrate the draw of the World Cup. Yeah, happened, um, happened to group, you too. Group I, Group I, Colombia, <laughs> Egypt, Italy, and Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to play midnight guitar time, you know, when no one can see it. So, yeah. all good. Anyway, all good jokes there. So, first and foremost, when Garland United, West Campbell Wanderers did not go ahead, uh, it was postponed due to a booking conflict with um, either an AFL or a rugby match, I have been told. So, uh, those two teams will be disappointed not to get their seasons underway, similar to some of the other teams uh, across the three um, leagues this uh, this week. But it is what it is. So, Michael, what is the next matchup? Yeah, so the next matchup and one that actually took place was Tuggeranong United up against Belcon United. Uh, Belcon United coming away with what looked like on the scoreline a very sort of comfortable and straightforward victory, five-one winners. Um, uh, Bobbin with a hat-trick, uh, the first MPLW hat-trick we've already witnessed in the first round, which is good to see, um, as well as uh, Backhouse and Carnegie. Is that how you say it? Carnegie. Carnegie? Yeah, Carnegie's got it, yeah. Beautiful. So this is why we have you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Hall got on score sheet for Tuggeranong United. Uh, from what from what I saw in this match, uh, it was a pretty valiant effort actually from, from Tuggeranong. But obviously in the end, I think Belconnen showed exactly why they're one of the best teams in women's ACT football. And we, we've known this for a very long time now, but I know that Tuggeranong will be sort of disappointed, uh, to, especially to concede two goals from set-piece situations that they weren't able to really deal with those balls that had come into the box. But, you know... A positive that they can take out of it was that they were able to get back into the game at 2-1 when they were down 2-0. Um, you know, they managed to put a decent move together to for Hall to get on the end of and to get Tuggeranong back into the game, uh, obviously before Belconnen then extended their lead. 
but th that's just one aspect that they can look to sort of take away fr from this match and, and move forward. Um, and obviously, I, at, like I mentioned at the top, Bobbin scored, you know, a hat-trick, the first MPLW hat-trick of the season already in the first round. You know, three well-taken goals as well when you look at, at the finishes as well. Uh, very confident in front of goal. And, you know, it's it's just the start that Belcon and United would have would have wanted, you know, just it's how you want to start the season. You, know, you want to start as sort of emphatically as you can and you want to get the three points, especially away from home as well. So, you know, though it was expected, I think that's what most people would have assumed the result to be. Uh, I think Tuggeronk, can take aspects away from that game and look to improve as, as the season move for, moves forward. Because like I said, they managed to get on the score sheet. They did make it, you know, difficult for Belcon United at that one stage where they did sort of get back into the game at 2-1. But, you know, Belcon are doing what they have so often done over the years is they just proved to be a different golfing class. And, you know, they're, they're a great team because of it. And Jeremy, what, what were your thoughts uh, on this encounter? Because... Like I said, we may have expected Bocon United to come away with the victory when it when they come up against a team like Tuggeronong, but there was so much for Tuggeronong United to prove in this one, and I think a valiant effort from them, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think for for both teams, um, clearly it was the first game of the season, but both teams were after um, a bit of reassurance. You know, we we've talked about Tuggeronong quite a bit last year, having that you know that density defensively, that density. Um, yet not being able to get the scores. And, and this year we've seen, uh, even though they lose, they lose 5-1, right? Um, we've seen quite quite a bit of um, intent offensively. Um, Karen Milewska is a great addition to, to this team. Um, she was really um, hard to stop, I think, for, by the, for the Belkonen defense. And, and she's definitely uh, playing a role in, in the goal uh, that Tuggy score. Um, that said... Belkonen, you know, despite all the players that they've lost, they still have the experience on their side. They still have a lot of players, um, you know, Leah Carnegie, Katie Woodman, um, that that know what it takes to to score those goals and to stay in the game until the 90th minute. And that's pretty much what happened, you know, being able to kind of calm down the team when Turgonong is pushing and is about coming back. That that takes experience. Um, nothing to take away from Turgonong, though. I was actually impressed about about how they how they showed up. Uh, and, you know, they played with um, Sam Yems in goals, who was clearly injured. Uh, her, her, her leg was heavily bandaged. And you could see that almost every save was um, like, yeah, was yeah. very, very painful for her. Uh, yet she really graced us with like three, four um, like saves that were out of this world. Uh, so it's it's really, really good signs for Togonong. The defense seems solid. Uh, Lara Mustaine, Maya Bin, uh, me Bin, sorry, um, Ashley Le Condon, I know how good she is. Uh, but when she came in, she did that weird thing where she picked up the ball with her hand thinking it was a foul and then that free kick um, caused the third goal, unfortunately. Uh, but it's just, you know, little iron the creases and, and get there. I think the team, yeah, really played well. It's going to be hard for them all season. I don't think we expect them to, to play for the title. But if they can, you know, slowly build up on already what we're seeing that is positive, uh, you know, Togonong also has lost a lot of experience. Um, Steph Coast, Renan Daisley. Uh, Maddie Maggi, who scored all their goals almost last season, uh, so it, it was it was good to see. With with Balkonen, I think they really wanted to reassure themselves that they can make it without Mickey Thornton and Sarah Johnston and um, Vanessa Ryan, etc. Uh, and we've seen Talia Bakar stepping up, um, Olive Bonford stepping up. They have the opportunities they had 
a lot of opportunities. They end up scoring five of them, which is fully deserved. It's not going to be... It's it's going to be hard if they, when they're going to play against Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic. We're going to talk about those teams afterwards uh, because we can see that it's a team that is slowly going up and the two other teams are already up there. So we can already kind of guess what is going to happen this season, bar any surprises. Uh, but Belconen, it's reassuring for them, I think, to start with with such a win and and you know for Scott Conlon to make sure that he is on a good dynamic to to start his new his new career at the head of Belco. Absolutely. Matt, what, what's the next uh, match that we have on here, James? Next up, we have an emphatic victory from Canberra Olympic, 13-0. We have Roden with a hat-trick, so the second hat-trick of the NPLW season. Tiana Miro with two goals. Uh, Michaela Thornton making her debut for Olympic with two goals. Jaloka, the Centurion, congratulations to her, making a 100-game appearance mm-hmm. uh, with a goal. Olivia Fogarty, another new signing with two goals. Olivia Gurney with two goals. And Ali Cook with a goal as well. Obviously, this is um, probably one of the biggest scorelines I, I can remember. I don't remember the uh, scoreline like this last season, at least. So, so probably, uh, you know, a bit of a statement uh, victory for them there. And it sort of started from the beginning, didn't it? Uh, didn't it for Olympic? I mean, I guess... Uh, for Olympic, uh, the positives for them are the they were ruthless and they'll need to be as ruthless when they play the likes of Canberra, Croatia, uh, specifically when they get those opportunities. Um, but also to travel well, you know, like to travel with the full squad and all that with the first match of the season, they did well to travel like that. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a damaging defeat for Wagga City, uh, but I, I think they will... They, they will bounce back from this because, you know, at the end of the day, they know that Olympic is up there this season with the likes of Canberra, Croatia and Belconi United. And, you know, it's uh, obviously it's not the start of the season they would have liked, but I'm sure uh, Wagga City will bounce back this season. But like we said, Jeremy, very uh, emphatic display from Olympic with a lot of their new signings uh, getting on the scoreboard. Yeah, statement start right for for Nicole Beg and and his girl and her girl. Sorry, uh, you know you have Victoria Jamison, the captain, Ali Cook and Chana Miro, and the eight other players on the pitch are new signings. Um, so so you gotta you gotta hope that this team gels well and plays well together. Um, I guess they the circumstances were on their favor. They're playing against the Waga team that's diminished. It wasn't even a goalkeeper. Uh, between the post for Sam Gray, unfortunately, he was a, an outfield player that uh, that just put the gloves in for that day. And, and we saw a couple of goals where, you know, clearly she's not a goalkeeper, so you can't really blame her too much. Uh, but Olympic still, um, you know, like you said, ruthless. Uh, you've seen um, the goals that they score as well, like um, Mickey Thornton scores a rocket. Um, the Ali Cook, the penalty is as good as Ali has always been uh, from, from the spot kick. Uh, quite a few goals even a real goalkeeper wouldn't be able to do anything on it. Um, and just the, the football itself, like the very first goal, uh, it's a build-up play. It's, you know, uh, Mickey Thornton taking the wings like we are going to see her so much, um, so many times this season, not hesitating to provoke and get into the box and a, a cut bypass to to Meg Roden, who's by herself. Uh, I think I don't I don't remember Meg Roden scoring more than, than three goals in the past couple of seasons uh, with the academy and on her first goal with the Olympic. Yeah, she scores a hat trick, which which is great to see. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a force to reckon with Canberra Olympic. We sort of anticipated that they proved it. Um, yeah, it is it is a strong statement, I think, and it's uh, it, it's kind of telling everybody else you're going to have to 
to count on us and to be careful. It, it's you almost sometimes think it's too many goals too early because now everybody's going to park the bus against them. I'm assuming, uh, but look, it's better to start that way than to than to start on a on a struggling game, right? Waga, yeah. you know, I, I had a, a couple of text message exchanges with um with Sam. Uh, it's a tough defeat. It's hard to start the season that way, right? But it's a young team. We keep talking about this. It's a development um, squad, and and they're trying to bring up the the best of the Riverina. It's not a goal where they expect. It's not a game. Excuse me. Where they expect to to take points. It's the game where they expect to learn from the the best competition um, in the league and and to learn from this experience and this and all this talent. So I'm sure that's why you'll you'll take from it, and and then the girls will just. Try and build up on what they saw, uh, and will perform against you know the other teams. I'm sure. And who scored the absolute rocker? Was that uh, was that Olivia Gurney? Scored one of those. Yeah, Olivia Gurney. Oh. I mean, I, to, to be honest, I, I really enjoyed that um, that goal from Mickey Thornton, but uh, Olivia Gurney as well scored a, scored an amazing goal. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, next up we have Canberra Croatia, who again another match with an emphatic ending. Uh, they got an eight-one victory over. The Canberra United Academy goals to Britt Palombi got a double. Norris, own goal. Barak, Wilson, Bernie, Bissett, and Fensom getting on the score sheet for Canberra Croatia in this one. Uh, and Christopson got on the score sheet for the Academy. So the defending champions under Zoran Glavinich, you know, off to a perfect start and, and a dominating uh, start as they look to regain the, the crown this season. Uh, the, I think they showed why they they are, you know, one of the best women's teams in, in the competition, uh, especially, you know, you touched on it before, Jeremy, It'll put, when it's probably most likely going to be, you know, your Canberra Croatias, your Belcon and Uniteds and Canberra Olympic teams really fighting for that title. Uh, possibly Gungahlin United as well. And, you know, then like you said as well, there might be a couple of surprises along the way for sure, but that's just what we've got at the forefront of our mind with this early sort of sample size at the start of the season. But, you know, we touched on it in the, in the preview from a CUA standpoint, it was something that I, you know, had talked about and raised with you, Jeremy, it was, I think we would have expected a little bit more considering that, considering the performances that they put in last season, especially how they dealt with the physical perspective of, the league when we know how young these girls are and how they aren't up to the physical level of these sort of other teams because of the experience level and and the age gap but it, that was certainly surprising to me uh in this one and I'm not sure if that's just a one-off and you're sort of just trying to get your feet underneath you and you're just starting a new season per se but that was a little surprising uh for me uh considering you know that they would they had played so well last season and had really put in a number of like really good performances against the top sides in this competition. So it might just be a, a bit of first game jitters, but from Canberra, Croatia's perspective, you know, Palombi's back in the, in the goal scoring charts of, as she so often was last season. And that's only going to look to continue by the looks of it. So, you know, it looked like Canberra Croatia took their foot off the pedal slightly in the, in the second half you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, that first 45 minutes where they looked a lot more sort of dominating and in control. Um, and that might may have been just because they ha- had already one foothold on the three points and sort of just looking at to 
looking to take it easy in the second half and really just play the game out and get the victory. So what were your thoughts on, on this contest, uh, Jeremy? Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a bit to unpack with, with what happened yesterday at Deakin. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, to commentate two games this mm. weekend with, with Russ. So we did um Turgon against Belco on Friday night, and yesterday afternoon we were at uh, Deakin to do Canberra Croatia and, and Canberra United Academy. Um, and I think you know the scoreline is what it is. Uh, but you know, I I wasn't yesterday impressed with Canberra Croatia. It was clearly just the first game of the season, and and they were slowly getting there, and uh, you know maybe physically they're not quite there yet it, it yeah. is the beginning of the season uh, and, and for the academy i thought it was just literally a succession of mistakes that cost them goals like it wasn't uh an an on and out domination by, by canberra croatia the academy was trying to build up a lot clearly you know um credit where it's due zoran glavnich did his homework we said that a few times um d- during the during the game uh, you know russ was like oh last year what happened the academy was able to press high and, and put pressure. What happened yesterday was every time the academy was trying to build up from um, from the, the defense up, which they will always do. This is how they are playing. Yeah. This is how they are learning how to play. Well, you had six players of Canberra Croatia pressing high, forcing the academy to make mistakes. And the first four goals almost come from that. One of them being even, even an on goal, very unfortunate on goal. Um, so I think we've seen... Good things from the academy. Um, you know, Jaya Bowman in in the midfield, impressive. Uh, like a way to distribute the ball, uh, really impressive. Actually, uh, very comfortable with the long balls. Sometimes, sometimes a few too many long balls, but you can see that she's going to be uh, the real um, launching pad for for our squad. Uh, Sofia Christopherson, we expect from her um, that green tag that we talked about yesterday, and and that physicality, and the fact that she's going to challenge. Um, every single team, and she did that really well against Canberra Croatia, who's probably the best defense in the league, arguably. Um, and she really, she really existed there. Unfortunately, Canberra Croatia, Canberra Olympic would be the same thing. Those are teams that you give them half a chance, they score five goals, uh, and, and that's what happened yesterday. Britt Palombi has the ball on her left foot, and she finds the opposite corner. Uh, Diane Wilson finds the ball at the edge of the box, and she chips it perfectly over the goalkeeper. Uh, and it's just talent talking, really. Uh, when this Canberra Croatia is going to be playing well, this is going to be um, a machine. I mean, um, Bella Barac, we were impressed at the Charity Shield. When I see her play today, like I'm, I'm going to digress, but it reminds me of when I was a kid, when you learn how to play football in France. Uh, they make you watch this, uh, this anime, Captain Tsubasa. Uh, and, and in this anime, the, the hero... All he says during every single episode is the ball is your best friend. The ball is your best friend. So when you're a kid in France, you learn how to play five aside and you're being told the ball is your best friend. Don't be afraid about the ball. The ball needs to stay in your feet. It looks like Bella Barach has learned this her whole life. The ball never goes more than 50 centimeters away from her feet. She's capable of uh, dribbling in small space. Every time the ball comes to her, whether it comes in the air or on the floor, the control is perfect. She's calm. She's able to find her partners really quickly. Um, it's it's like it's clearly a love story between her and um and and the football and it's amazing to see and that brings you know another asset for Canberra Croatia they have the left foot of Britt De Palombi they are about to have the immense experience and talent of Grace Gill up front they have the speed of Birnion to the right side and now they also have um, the finesse and the technique of of Bela Barac in the middle that's just that's just a lot for a team that already is strong. A girl like Diane Wilson comes in and puts Krista Hagen on the bench when last year the Hagen um, Berkeley 
Bizet midfield was the best midfield in the league. So it's it's a lot of talents. It really looks at the end of this weekend that we are going to have Croatia Olympic and then you know Belko, Gungalen, um, West Canberra, and and one of the three teams at the bottom trying to fight with it with the academy, of course. Um, but it really looks like Croatia and Olympic are already a bit in, in a different division and it's going to be about small miracles for them to actually lose points. So looking forward to seeing what this season is going to unfold. As far as the academy goes, you know, Sarah West can't be happy with an 8-1 loss to start, but a lot of positive to take from that. The girls kept playing the whole game. The goal is actually a, a beautiful goal, well, well built, and they kept trying to build up football. Past the 60th minute, the academy lose their shape a little bit and, and it's youth and it's learning how to play for 90 minutes. Uh, but I think I'm confident the academy will cause a couple of upsets this season. It's it's going to be a team that needs to be taken seriously. Um, maybe if they have a, another goal-scoring threat up front, it's going to help them because yesterday the left winger, Istala Hampson, who's, who's a left back for the last couple of seasons. Uh, so they might need somebody to come and help Christopherson and Perry up front. Uh, but but I'm not too worried about the academy. I'm definitely not worried about Canberra Croatia. They're going they're going all in for the for the three pit and and they're going to fight for a title for sure. So NPL round two fixtures. We start with Belco against Gagarin. This should be a cracking encounter. Saturday, April 9th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Uh, like I said, it should be very close. Both teams have had a few changes. Uh, they've got similarities uh, between each other as well. I think this will be very close. But I'm. From I, I was impressed with what I saw from Belco, so I'm just going to be edge with a Belco victory. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Belcon and United win as well, obviously on the back of their win against Tuggeranong, but we don't really know what we're going to get from Gungahlin United because they obviously didn't play in round one as well. So a little bit of a tough game for them to have for the first game of the season, uh, obviously with their round one clash being cancelled. So we don't really know what we're going to get from Gungahlin United. Um, I mean, for, for all we know, they could come out and play fantastic because of the quality that they have, but it might just take them a little bit of time to sort of settle into the league, into a new season. So I'm going to go with Belcon and United to ride on that momentum of last week. How about you, Jeremy? I'll go for Gungahlin. You know, it's it's round two. We don't know what we expect. Uh, but also Gungahlin is playing midweek on Thursday night, the uh, the Federation Cup against Olympic. So um, they're going to they're going to get a learning experience straight away. Uh, Pat Mills' first game against uh, against the, the Olympic girls is not going to be easy. Uh, but I feel like it's going to sort of, you know, put them at the level where they need to be straight away. And so then Dave Belkin, unfortunately, is going to have to um, to suffer um, Gungalin three days after two days, sorry, after uh, a game against uh, Olympic. So I'll go for Gungalin just for the for the sake of, of things different from you guys, but it's going to be a, a game that I'm really looking forward to watch. And next up, we have West Canberra Wanderers against the CUA Sunday, April 10th, 12.45 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. I'm going to go for a draw with this one. It should be interesting because we've seen both sides that have suffered heavy defeats, but there was a lot of positive in both those matches. So I'm going to go for a draw here. It should be in a fascinating encounter. How about you, Jeremy? I think I'll go for a, for a CUA wins. We haven't seen um, West Canberra in, in NPLW. We've seen them in the, in the Charity Shield. Uh, and, and I think we are looking at two actually pretty similar teams. There's a bit of experience in defense for West Canberra, of course, uh, but it's the youth, it's the intensity, it's the fast transition. Um, but but I'll, yeah, I'll go for the academy just because I think there's going to be a bit of a... Um, uh, a bit of a pride, a bit of an ego bounce after that loss from uh, against Canberra Croatia. How about you, Michael? 
for the sake of being different, I'm just going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win. So we're going to be different across the board. I think <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, West Canberra Wanderers, obviously they haven't played since the charity shield match, but um, I think they showed a lot of positive signs in that, in that game as well. But like Jeremy mentioned, I do expect CUA to put forward a much better performance and respond in a much more sort of dominant manner. Uh, we'll just, they'll obviously really be keen to put in a reaction and set aside that, that result that they had against Canberra Croatia. So it'll be a, it'll be a good game for sure, but I'm going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win. All right, and next up we have Olympic against Tugger on Sunday, April 10th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor in close. It's a bit hard not to go with Olympic for this one considering their emphatic victory and um, the way and the form that they're looking at the moment. It's a tough start to the draw for them, Belco, and then now Olympic, sort of similar to how Olympic at the start of their draw last year had Belco and then Canberra Croatia back-to-back. Um, so... I don't think Tuggeron are going to define the start of their season by these two results for them. Like Jeremy mentioned, it's going to be about the positives that they're going to bring. So I'm going to go for an Olympic victory here. How about you, Michael? I'm going to go for a Canberra Olympic victory as well. I think it's important that you touched on there. It is a little bit of a difficult run of fixtures for Tuggeron United. I mean, to have, you know, Belcon United and Canberra Olympic for your first two games when you're talking about two teams that are going to be fighting for the title this season, it is very difficult, but this is a very good opportunity for that squad to, to learn against the best teams in the competition. And like we already discussed, they had some good aspects and some good moments again. I'm sure they'll look to do that again against Canberra Olympic because no one's expecting them to go and beat Canberra Olympic. Obviously, it's football and anything can happen, but I'm sure that they'll have some more positive impacts on the game against Canberra Olympic, and we'll we'll just see how they go from there. I I don't think, obviously, that they'll win, but I think Tuggeron will show us another side of them that we we haven't seen yet and a slow, steady sort of progression that that squad's looking to make over, over the season. Jeremy? Uh, yeah, Olympic. Uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. We've seen a little bit of all the teams playing. We as just haven't seen Go and Galen play yet. But I think um, I think this whole season, Olympic and Canberra are are probably almost going undefeated unless they play against, unless when they play against each other. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to be proven wrong. Uh, but there's so much talent in in those two teams that um, you know any team able to get a point against either team will be uh, it'll be a small miracle or. A, an impressive performance. Uh, so I think it's going to be really good because it's going to pull all the teams up because they're going to have to really show up against those two squad. Uh, but there's, yeah, I don't think you'll ever hear me calling another team than Olympic or, or Canberra Croatia when they play against one of the other six teams. And uh, in saying that, Croatia against Wagga, Sunday, April 10th, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Sort of similar to what we just said about Tuggerong. Tough start of the draw for both of them. It's a bit hard to not go for Canberra Croatia in this one, Michael. Yeah, I'm going for Canberra Croatia as well, Matt, for sort of the similar reasons that you just brought up. I think that Canberra Croatia will take a lot of confidence, obviously, scoring eight goals in their first game of the season and, you know, to come up against a team that had just shipped 13, you know, it's it's going to be very tough for Wagga City Wanderers. And like like you said, with Tuggeron, 
both of those teams, Tuggeron and Wagga, have had difficult run of fixtures just to start this earlier part of the season. But it, like it is with any game, it's it's a good opportunity for them to sort of prove a lot of people wrong and put in a, a strong strong effort and a strong performance that they can use sort of going going down the line and, go, and going forward into the season. But I'm going for a camp for a Croatia win. And Jeremy just said his answer before, so I won't go to him for uh, that one. Uh, first, uh, last of all, thank you very much, Jeremy, Jeremy, for coming on as always. And is there any last words? Uh, do you know what match you'll be doing next week? Do you want to advertise or anything like that? Or Yeah, well, this weekend on, on NPL TV, I'll be doing Canberra Croatia against uh, Waga. So we get to see uh, Waga coming to the capital and, and you know, discovering a bit of those, those new players that are um, in Sam Gray's squad. Uh, and of course, you know, we, we'll, we'll see Canberra Croatia. We've seen them a little bit. We'll see how they uh, perform two weeks in a row. Uh, so, yeah, Sunday afternoon at uh, 2.30 on NPL TV at Deakin. And now on to CPL action, where um, unfortunately the uh, Tuggeranong United game and Western Longlog, uh match did not take place. Uh, it was postponed due to the field being uh, damaged slash uh, un- unplayable. Sort of begs the question, what would we have done if, the field is not fixed soon since it's already the start of the season and they were obviously due to kick off uh, this weekend that's just gone by. And, and there are obviously a lot of games um, that are going to be played on it. So once again, it sort of brings up that constant storyline of, you know, why the ACT government doesn't receive these fields earlier. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, the lack of non multi-purpose facilities, I think this is something that we've mentioned over the years, certainly since when we, started this podcast that it's been a bit of an issue in Canberra having that sort of accessibility across you know venues well not only in Canberra but just the surrounding regions as well so you know when when you're put in positions like this you only really have the alternative of going on the um the synthetic pitch or sort of the AIS AIS fields which might be about available, but we know how busy those fields are as well in terms of clubs that that book those to to play matches too. So it, it's a little, obviously, it's a little bit disappointing that this has gotten in the way of the first game of the season. It, it just begs the question on why there wasn't a little bit more organisation being put in place, especially when you know when the season starts and when football games are meant to happen and at what times as well. So. Um, no doubt very disappointing for Tuggeranong and Western Mongolia that they couldn't get their seasons uh, started, but hopefully they'll be rectified soon. All right, let's move on to Queanbeyan City. 2-1 win, winners over Brindabella Blues. Petrovsky with a penalty and their new signing Ramos with a goal and then Schaefer with a penalty for Brindabella Blues. This is a fiery affair. It always is between these two clubs. They've developed quite the rivalry, as we've, as we've said before. Uh, the match was at a high street. And unfortunately, just before the match, in the 23s match, uh, one of the officials uh, was uh, was injured, so he, he wasn't able to do the game. So there was only one ref in the middle and there was no linesman. So obviously that puts, you know, sort of everyone in a difficult position. So hopefully that a ref is, um, is okay and he's uh, ready to go soon. Um, from what I heard, though, from the game, Quevian City sort of, um, they took the lead uh, through a Felici uh, whipped in across free, bo- uh, sorry, free kick into the uh, into the box. It was a bit of a scramble. You know what it's like when it's a scramble. There's, you know, play, some players, you know, smashing each other, mm-hmm. trying to get the ball, that sort of thing. I think 
sim something similar to that uh, from what I was told happened. And then they got the penalty and then Petrovsky uh, buried it. Uh, Queenmian probably dominated most of the first half. Uh, when the Brindies had the ball, they were pressured you know, quite a bit and then they were conceding the ball a bit in the first half. Um, so Queenie probably had more chances in the first half in that regard. In terms of the uh, second goal, though, Johnny Corrigan made a run down the line, whipped it in the Ramos, and he must have got himself in a good position from what I heard because he had enough time to apparently bury an absolute banger into the uh, into the corners there. So their new signing um, from the MPL, sorry, from the 23s of Colorado Rapids uh, winning side has done a pretty good job so far. In terms of the Brindies, they had their fair share of chances, probably more coming in the second half. And like I mentioned, there was a, a majority of turnovers in that first half from them. But we mentioned it, it's a young squad. It's a developing squad there. Um, I, I'm expecting them to uh, do pretty well this season. And I think this just, just shows they're not uh, where Queen Mia City are at yet, but they're not far off because they always compete in these games. So I'm really intrigued to see how Brinda Bella go so far uh, this season. So... Always a fiery affair to start the uh, the MPL uh, two slash CPL. See, I've already done it. Season. So, yeah. who, do, who who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah. So next up, we had uh, Canberra White Eagles, who got off to a winning start uh, for the twenty twenty two season against Wagga City Wanderers. They got a four two win. So goals to McCarthy, Lawrence, Booth, Kagler, and for Wagga City Wanderers, it was Urchang and Flanagan that got on the score sheet for the away team. Uh, so the first half, it, it seemed that White Eagles were sort of holding possession and trying to break down a resolute Wagga defence. We know how resolute they can be when they when they do set up like that. And most of the chances were created by White Eagles. However, Wagga were able to sort of grab one or two opportunities on the counter-attack, which put them in a good position in the second half. And I think when you're when you set up to defend like that, you are going to have your opportunities where you can sort of hit on the break it's just about having the players that are able to do that for you with sort of pace and, and prowess so they were able to do that uh, with a little bit of success as well uh, despite Eagles obviously holding the majority of possession um, you know it, it was a, a bit more of an open second half where Wagga were sort of pressing more than the, what they were in the first because obviously in the first half they were they were sitting back absorbing pressure whereas they sort of fine-tuned their approach in the second half. And, you know, but at the same time, that that sort of eagerness and more aggressive nature got them into a bit of trouble and they trouble, sorry, and they got a red card uh, after one of their players uh handballed it uh, on the line, leading to you know the penalty for the fourth goal. So a bit disappointing for Wagga to go a man down. And lose obviously their first game of the season. It just doesn't make it easier when you lose a player in the process as well. But I think considering Eagles's sort of mixed start in the preseason, this is exactly what they would have hoped for for the first game of the season. Maybe it was expected of them to sort of get the three points in this one, but you've still got to go out there and, and do your job, and that's exactly what they did. So a great three points for White Eagles to start their season at. Eagle Park there. Uh, Matt, what's the next match? Dramatic 4-0 victory for ANU over Ugali. Very, very uh, good victory for them. Remember, this is a team that were competing at the top of uh, MPL2 last season. Uh, so they wanted to get, obviously, uh, up to a very good start. Very state. I would say it's a pretty much a statement victory from them. And if you were there at the game, you could see the goals 
essentially Ugali, like they usually do, they played a really high line and ANU were able to pick them out. Three of the four goals that ANU scored were balls over the top and they were able to take advantage of that sort of, uh, sort of uh, that weakness at, on the day. Uh, Ugali, though, they, you know, they play their, um, they play their game, you know, without uh, any hesitations. I'll play their high line, sort of similar to Wagga, as we've heard in the past. Uh, yeah. they, they come to play their football. Uh, they had one really good chance uh, with a header from a free kick in the first half. ANU really tried to uh, dominate this game, and we all know the strength of ANU, and we know uh, Ugali don't uh, travel with the same amount of plays as they do for their home games as well. So, um, but uh, like I said, ANU pinpointing weaknesses in the side is something that they do very well, and they show that they can do it here. And the only goal that wasn't a ball over the top, Nick Hope scored an absolute banger from outside the box, directed into the bottom corner. So, uh, very well done there to him. It was. Uh, when I saw those goals back when they were sent to me, they were very well done goals, very very well constructed goals. So ANU, we all know they're on a mission this year. Um, in terms of Ugali, they'll just try to regroup. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they might try and just keep that back line a, a little bit further back next time. It, it just depends because uh, obviously Tuggeronga is going to have a different game plan to the way ANU plays. And every team is going to be different this CPL season. It's going to be very, very very interesting to see how this all goes. So I'm looking forward to see how these two sides do next week. But don't count at Ugali just yet. We all know they've got a quality side. They It takes a while to find that consistency between home and away. So we'll see how it goes. That's right. All right, Michael, what are the fixtures for round two CPL? So the first game that we have is Western Malongolo up against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, April 9th, 2.45 p.m. at Woden Park Enclosed. I think this is going to be... A pretty tight affair, Matt. Uh, I'm not sure how you view it, but I'm inclined to go with a Western Malonglo home win on this one. Look, this is going to be interesting. Western Malonglo are a bit of an unknown. We haven't seen too much of them in preseason besides those um, FA slash Australian Cup mm-hmm. matches. Same as Wagga as well. I Just based off the way they've performed against the bigger teams. Uh, Wagga have been able to defend, you know, decently well. They're still conceded a bit, but they've been able to find their way back into uh, games. So, uh, like, you can see the improvement there. So, I'm going to go for a Wagga victory here, but in saying that, though, this one can go anyway. It's going to be a close match regardless. Absolutely. Next, we've got Brindabella Blues at home against Canberra White Eagles, who obviously won their first match of the season in round one. Uh, this match will take place Saturday, April 9th, 3pm at Ipen uh, Park in Corwell. It should be a very good game, Matt. And I think Brindies would have showed some glimpses of what it is that they're working on under uh, Juna, their, their new coach. And obviously, White Eagles will look to build on a little bit of early momentum to start the 2022 season. Uh, I could see. I'm going to go for an Eagles win. I'll tell you what. It's it's tough. I was inclined. I was inclined to go for a draw, or even Brindy. Brindy could even sneak it at home as well. I think it'll either way. It'll probably be be very very close. But I'm. It'll be high scoring. I think that's what it's going to be. This one's going to be high scoring. scoring Yeah, I'm going to go for Eagles. I'm going to stick with Eagles. Yeah, it's going to be. Very high-scoring matchup, I think, this one here. I'm going to say Eagles just to pip them. Uh, maybe their experience will just edge them out. 
But I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the season, you'll see, um, you know, a draw or even a win from uh, Brindis in this fixture. They're an improving side. Who do we have next? Well, next we have a big one. It's Queanbeyan City up against ANU. So early in the season, we get a cracking match like this. Very exciting. That match will take place April 9th, Saturday, 3 p.m. on High Street. This is another tough game. And it's very hard to pick winners so early on in the season because these this is the stage where all the teams are sort of trying to get into a bit of form and you don't really know what to expect from all the teams yet because, you know, it, it's so early. Um, I'm going to go for ANU to come away with an away win here on High Street. I think it's always been a tough game between Queen and ANU. But I feel as though ANU will manage to sort of sneak away with it. I think against Queanbeyan, they they normally defend really, really well. And I could see them just sort of pipping it um, by, by a goal or two. But it'll be a very good game, uh, no doubt about it. And I think it's a really good opportunity for Queanbeyan to actually make a statement so early on in the season if they're able to win. I, I agree. I'm going to go with an ANU victory, but I think this is going to be closer than the games we saw last year. And I think ANU do have that mental edge. They have quite a few recent victories, like you mentioned, over Queenby. And I think that will just come into play. But who knows? Like I said with the Brindies, by the end of the season, we could see a Queenbeyan team um, getting these big victories over ANU. And I don't know, O'Connor's not in there anymore, but it's something that eluded them last season. So yeah. maybe the mental aspect will play on this one. Absolutely. Lastly, we've got Tuggeranong United at home against Yulgali, Sunday, April 10th, 3 p.m. kickoff at Greenway Enclosed. So we'll see if Tuggeranong will be able to actually start their campaign uh, this time around, obviously with the field complications for round one that they experienced. But I'm going to go for a Tuggeranong United win. Uh, expect them to get their season up and running in CPL with a, with a victory. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Tuggies victory too. Uh, I, I think this is, for me, this is purely based on how ready Tuggeron will be. Like you mentioned, they haven't played a game yet and they have something to prove. We said this in the previews, they have something to prove. Uh, yeah. You know, they got relegated. Um, they don't want to, you know, they, they, they're going to relish the challenge of CPL, but they want to be back in uh, MPL. So, and the only way to really do that in this comp is to get, you know, hit the ground running. And you've already done that. They've already cemented themselves like that with a emphatic win. Uh, Tuggies are going to be looking for a point to prove. In terms of Ugali, I'm sure they'll work on their game plan uh, moving forward. And if they can get the numbers, they will put up a fight because we all know they're a quality side on their day. And it is a Sunday. I, I, I believe the Sunday games, it is easier for a lot of their players to travel since a lot of them do work in the wineries on Saturdays and all those sort of Saturday jobs just in because it's, you know, it's a, it's a Griffith. There's a lot of um, people working in those places yeah. on Saturday. So it is easier for them to do Sunday. So expect um, a rejuvenated performance from Ugali. All right, that's it for us today. One hell of a show. It's great to have football back, isn't it, Michael? Any last words before you sign off? No, I think you summed it up pretty well there. It's good to have football back. And, you know, there's going to be some great games across the different competitions this upcoming weekend. So for anyone out there, get out there where you can and go watch some football. So, I mean, that's what I'll be doing. All good. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Thanks, everyone, again. Round one, thanks for the support. Uh, thanks to Russ as well for coming on and explaining some of the um, 
not so great things that happened in terms of the postponements of games as well. We appreciate that. Like you said, if there's any issues, call out to Russ. He's um, here to listen to everybody. Um, I know that may, may have been an issue before, but um, you all know Russ here. If, uh, if you see there's an issue um, about something revolving capital football, you need to talk to someone. He's your man to talk to. He'll try and get that sorted or get you talking to that person that you need to talk to. Awesome. Thank you very much, everybody. That was episode 47 of the Campbell Football.